Welcome back, everyone, to episode 46 of Life and Lit. We are continuing our holiday theme this week with a Christmas cozy read that coincidentally is also set across the pond. So this week we are going to be featuring The Christmas Bookshop by Jenny Colgan. And before we get into it, I'm Sydney. And I'm Paige. And this is Life and Lit. Is it a coincidence? I think not. I think <laughs> I think our literary gods are telling us that we need to go across the pond for Christmas through our picks. Agreed. Well, I'm think- blaming this on you because I feel like you sent a bunch and you're like, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, sounds great. And then just coincidentally, like always, I don't ever read what they're about. Other than I like mean, the royal. Also, yeah, same. But... You were like, let's do a fun Christmas theme. And I was like, awesome. So I Googled it and I just looked at reviews of the books and like the title. I didn't know what this one was about. Yeah, no, for sure. It definitely works. But I was just going to say, first of all, I think that's the first time in a long time we have done the intro in one take. Beating us down. I didn't know if it was that or my mind is still reeling from like being deep in Quaker Wikipedia <laughs> that I can't. I, it like, I don't I was have thinking about the Quakers and yeah, you can't laugh exactly you like laugh in the religious society of friends. So no, we'll get into all of we'll that. get that into the Quakers. Into we have any Quaker listeners? I'm sorry. We're not mean. We will. I'm gonna speak ahead of time and say that we are not meaning to offend any Quaker listeners. We are just naive and uneducated in Quakerism. Yeah, we are now students. So, (laughs) and this was such a minor part, but it's like it was so odd. We just have grasped onto it. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the detail that stood out to me the most because it's the most random. We're getting way ahead of ourselves. <laughs> um, this book, The Christmas Bookshop by Jenny Colgan. Hold on, I'm still on the Quaker Wikipedia page. Bye. <laughs> well, I will say I read, I've read another one of her books. They're all set like... in bookshops, right? It's like. Well, they all have that kind of, like, literary tie. Because the one that I read was The Bookshop on the Corner. And Mm -hmm. it was also set overseas. It was set in Scotland. And kind of, like, I got, as far as, like, a protagonist that has a major life upheaval and then goes on this whole different path. So I liked that. And that's what triggered my memory of, like, I think I've read something like this before. Yeah. She does the thing where she kind of weaves in some characters from other novels. Kind of like Jasmine Guillory. Yes. Like very subtly where they'll just like pop in in different. Yeah. I always think is fun. But. That is fun. Yeah. This was the second one that I've read by her. And it's very. I mean, I think we picked it because it, you know, it's centered in a bookshop and it's, I don't know, idyllic and the cozy feeling for the holidays. It was the perfect holiday read I thought it was 
exactly that feeling I was looking for. I mean, yes, it was hallmarky, but not over the top. Like, it was it more quirky it was like first Hallmark. Yeah, it wasn't like big city coming home. It's like girl having an actual relatable life crisis. Yes. And how she goes about fixing it. And it happens to be, you know, in this idyllic city of Edinburgh, Scotland. And she's at the bookshop, the Christmas bookshop. And yeah, it was quirky, but I loved how quirky it was. Yes. And I feel like that takes away from some of the cheesiness, like it, some of things that I think very easily could have been way over the top and eye yeah. roll. They were like the, the bones were there and the elements of like giving you the cozy feeling, but it wasn't so over the top that you were just like, ugh, whatever. Exactly. I liked, I appreciated that. It definitely did have a good, like, you want to curl up next to your tree and read this kind of book. Yeah, and I thought the main character, Carmen, was very relatable. Yes, I liked her a I lot. liked and... all of the characters except for, like, maybe two. Really. Like, only two of them got under my skin. I would agree with that. <clears throat> really, there was one that I just completely did not like. The other one, I we'll get into it. I think I know the two that you're referencing. And, and I think I know didn't like but we'll yeah. see we'll find out later so yeah that's we'll like before we get too far ahead yeah that's like maybe. our initial take on it if you yeah. want like the spoiler free version of what we thought about Just it, how it teaser. yes but i think you have a summary for everybody yes and i'm taking it straight off of amazon because the Goodreads one was a little weird. <laughs> Fair. So, laid off from her department store job, Carmen has perilously little cash and few options. The prospect of spending Christmas with her perfect sister, Sophia, in Sophia's perfect house and her perfectly ordered yuppie life does not appeal. Frankly, Sophia doesn't exactly want her pretty sister, Carmen, there either. But Sophia has yet another baby on the way, a mother desperate to see your daughters get along, a client who needs her help revitalizing his shabby old bookshop. So Carmen takes the job. Thrown rather suddenly into the inner workings of Mr. McCready's ancient bookshop on the picturesque streets of historic Edinburgh, Carmen is intrigued despite herself. The store is dusty and disorganized, but undeniably charming. Can she breathe some new life into it in time for Christmas shopping? What will happen when a famous and charismatic author takes a sudden interest in the bookshop? In Carmen. And will the Christmas spirit be enough to help her fractured family? That's definitely better than the Goodreads one. Yeah. The good I don't know. It, they're, they're really similar, similar. but the wording yeah. of the Goodreads one which is kind of made it weird. <laughs> and like the last paragraph is where they differed a lot. And yeah. I think, yeah, I would agree. That one was very good. <laughs> you mean the <laughs> bad boy uh, literary rock star? <laughs> Yeah, that that was unnecessary. We didn't need that in there. <laughs> Gives me the egg. So that is our initial review, our spoiler-free summary, our Quaker teaser. So if you want to listen on and hear about all this book, all this book. <laughs> <laughs> My gosh. 
It is only Tuesday. If you want to hear all about this book, <laughs> continue to listen. If not, press pause and go pick up a copy from your local library if they get it to you on time. And like, or find a friend. Or find a friend who can hook you up with your yes. local library app. Thank you, Sydney. Um, and cuddle up next to the tree with some hot chocolate because it's the perfect read. But from here on out, spoilers abound. I don't think we're going to do a super deep dive because there's a surprising amount of stuff that happens in this book. But we're going to get into it. Yes. So the book starts off with Kerman, our protagonist, and she is working at a department store the same department store that she's worked at for years, like through high school and to college. She did not graduate from college and instead just came back to, you know, work at the job. Kind of, I don't know. I don't feel like she's super unsatisfied at the time, but she feels like she's not doing enough like compared to her peers her friends her sister who graduated college went on to do great things and she's still here working at this department store but yeah I think it's more like what everyone expected from her and wanted for her was very different for herself and that's where the disappointment and maybe discontent came from which is really yeah Yes, but there she's just plugging along until one day they get noticed that the department store is closing, and so everybody is going to be laid off, and this is what really sets the whole crux of the novel in motion, and I don't know, kind of upends her life as it would for anyone losing a job, especially if you have not planned for it, you don't have savings, you're kind of like rudderless you don't know what to do and so the solution that her mom helps her come up with after like living at home for a while not really loving that struggling to find a job struggling to figure out what direction to take her mom is like well why don't you go stay with your sister because she can get you some work in retail because that's what Carmen has always does done has been like a salesman in this department store, which I loved, but also felt so foreign to me because I feel like department stores, at least around here, are going, which I guess this ties into the novel about going down, but I don't know, just the idea that you would be in one department of a department store, yeah, not just floating around doing whatever. Because in, like, all of the – I mean – retail type jobs I guess I didn't work like super retail but you did everything like when I worked at the movie theater you worked in the concessions and the box office and you know tearing tickets and whatever you just kind of floated around all the time and even with serving like you kind of you bust tables and you sat people and you did whatever but she kind of had her one little area that she worked in yeah I mean I will say it it definitely gave me like marvelous Mrs. Maisel vibes and mm-hmm. that's how I pictured the department store but I definitely haven't experienced one like that myself but when I worked at like the school dining hall in college it was very much like that like 
one night, which I guess I moved around depending on the shift, but I would be assigned a different location. Right. So I was like the pizza person. (laughs) Yeah. And that's what I thought was funny because wasn't she in like the hat department or the haberdashery? Yeah. Fittings department. And then yeah. they'd be like the makeup department and the perfume part department and the shoe department and they like they didn't really overlap that much. She only did like fittings and Yeah, they her mom talks about how like she used to be the one that everybody went to when they got married. So they she like helped them select like lace and ribbon and, and I yeah, that's just of another age. Yeah. I definitely pictured like a really old grand Macy's, like yeah, the Macy's that had been there forever and yeah, whatnot. Um, yeah. So yeah, so, the solution that her mom comes up with is to have her go stay with her sister because her sister has a client that has a retail store that is looking for someone to help revitalize it work there kind of help out this older employee or older owner and then it can also serve the duty of giving the sisters time to bond and Carmen time to bond with her nieces and nephews and help out her sister because her sister is expecting her fourth child and just getting ready for all of that I mean that's a lot to have a full-time job a husband that works the three children and expecting a fourth baby. That's a lot. And like the two sisters could not be more different. You know, Carmen, yes. it seemed like everything Carmen did when she was like striving to be the opposite of her sister. At, because yeah, she went to university and she was popular and she was like the good girl. She was the good sister. She did everything that was expected of her and then she got married to the perfect man now they have the perfect little house and she really loves to like present this facade of just the perfect family to the outside world like everything has its place everything's neat and tidy her kids are neat and tidy they live like this clean healthy lifestyle it's like more different And that's Mm -hmm. where they really struggle to make a connection because they don't understand each other. And they get frustrated with each other, which I, that was one thing I liked. I felt like this was a very relatable, which, okay, I'm an only child. So I guess, what do I know? But I was like, all right, where are we going with this? (laughs) But from what I've seen and even how I feel with like, my really close friends that I consider family and sisters, it is easy to get frustrated with people when they make different choices than you. Yeah. (coughs) If you don't understand their intentions behind it. Yeah. And so I felt like the conflicts that they had were pretty relatable of a family and of two different people, you know, even that grew up in the same house, but just have totally different, mindsets and lives I don't know I just liked it yeah I did I really liked them as sisters and the relationship that they had and how she approached it so Carmen moves up to Edinburgh to be with Sophia and her family 
and she hasn't been to her house before. Like, I think she recently moved in and Carmen has done her level best to like distance herself from that lifestyle. And she gets there and she's like, oh, like, this is actually really nice. And she's actually pretty proud and happy for her sister. But things then quickly go a little bit downhill because she finds out that they have a nanny named. Oh, my God. What's her name? (laughs) I I also starts with an S. Her name is. Oh my God, Skylar. Mm, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so they have this nanny, Skylar, who's a student at the university, who's like this yoga fanatic, healthy lifestyle, only like drinks juice and eats oatmeal. Like, just, I don't know, the complete over opposite. the top. And yeah, then, it's like the very opposite of the everything in moderation mindset. But Carmen yeah. finds out while she's there that on the nights that Skylar has class, Sophia is expecting her to, you know, be in charge of the children to help her out. She's there and she's not paying rent. Yeah. In addition to the job that Sophia has, like, lined up for her, which right. this... I don't know. I guess it's, like, the poor girl in me that I didn't understand how Skylar just, like, stayed there with them all the time. Like, in my mind, she's a babysitter, but she would be there even while Sophia was there. Yeah, she's a live... That's what the I know. That's just such a foreign concept to me. Oh, yeah. That I was, like, I... I like go away why are you still here Yeah, type thing because I can't even wrap my mind around that yeah Sophia shows Carmen to her room and they have this old beautiful home but then she shows Carmen to her room and instead of saying in like the guest room upstairs it's taken down in the basement where like all the like unsightly stuff that Sophia wants to hide from people just like cleaning supplies decorations all the junk is like thrown down there and she gets a servant's room so like she and Skylar are down there and they have they live in basically the servant's quarters so not the best start to it but she's trying to be like she got you a job you're living here rent free like try to be grateful Carmen (laughs) Which I thought that was super odd, too. But then I also, didn't they frame it of, like, you have your own bathroom down here versus having yeah. to share one with the kids and, like, a little bit more privacy other than, like, Skylar being there. But I think the guest room was, like, right next to Sophia in her husband's room and, like, she yeah. had to share a bathroom with the kids and whatever. So framed that way, I'm, like, I kind of understand, but it also is very jarring to like yeah be stuck down in the basement that's clearly not the same level as the rest of the house right so that was interesting but solid start to kick off this Carmen but she goes to work the next day and I just loved the way that Jenny Colgan wrote about Edinburgh it makes me want to go I've already yes already on my list but like now we're going Sydney absolutely that but we are Um, listen I'm present actually um, <laughs> I'm fine with that it really sold it to me like it makes me want to go experience 
Edinburgh specifically around Christmas because she just painted such a magical picture. But it's a very, very old city and it's very hilly. She talks about all the stairs, all the cool little alleyways, all the little secret passages. And it just makes me want to go explore it so badly. But she gets to work the next day and the shop is on Victoria Street, which is one of the you know old, beautiful, famous streets in Edinburgh. And it's surrounded. Oh, yeah. When they were talking about this, (laughs) for some reason, I pictured, like, Diagon Alley from Harry Potter. Yes. That's what I thought. Mentally, that's where I was with these shops. (laughs) Yes. I love it. Well, I think that's kind of the vibe that she was giving out, especially around Christmas time. But it's – you know, all these with like everything cafes. close together and walkable and cobblestones and yes, historic that, and like yeah. up tall, tall because the shopkeepers like live above or below their shops and yeah, I just loved the picture she painted for that. Yes, so she gets to work and meets Mister McCready, the shop owner, for the first time, and she's having to help him because he comes from like old money. But hasn't done anything with it. Hasn't invested it. Hasn't really paid attention to it. And has lost all of it. And he's about to lose the bookshop. So the goal is to make. For it to start making a profit. So that he can sell it. And not have it taken from him. Essentially. So she gets. Which Carmen did. She was just trying to help turn it around. So she gets there. He collects these very rare quirky just different antique like antique books and a lot of to me like history and scientific yes very specific niche I don't know like and not where you're just gonna go pick up a copy of the new bestseller like right it's like a a very niche market yes that he doesn't advertise and so nobody comes and buys anything from his shop and it's chaos inside yeah the presentation definitely needed help with if everything's dusty there's he like categorizes it by not even like author but like I didn't even think it was really categorized. Like, things were so haphazard. Yeah, well, it was kind of like, these books mention whales. These books mention trees. You know, like, just very oddly categorized, but then not consistent. So, it's just a chaotic mess. And she's like, oh my gosh, what have I got? So, you get, like, and of course, he's kind of the crotchety old man. Like, oh, you can't mess stacks you can only stay in the front of the shop you can't come back here don't move anything you know he's very resistant to the change she starts to convince him that they need to organize and modernize the shop if he wants to make a profit and make it look inviting from the outside because things were so dusty and disheveled that you walk by and people thought they were closed and like boarded up like we've all seen those old like five and dime stores yeah that still have all of the stuff inside but there's it's clear they haven't been opened for years and so that's what people were thinking so I love that she 
I don't know, made a, a big effort to like up the curb appeal a little bit. And I thought it was I really know. cute how she worked that in in certain ways. Honestly, that but I like wanted to do this. Like reading this, I was like, oh yes, my God, yes. I would decorate a bookstore window because it had a beautiful like picture window. And so she's telling Mr. McCready, you know, all the shops are all decked out and decorated for Christmas and they're beautiful and inviting. And then ours looks so shabby and dull next to it. So she convinces him to let her go up into the attic and pull out his old Christmas decorations to kind of spruce up the shop. And she finds this old train set. And she's like, oh my gosh, this is perfect. We can put it in the window and we can, you know, display the books all around it. And he gets all excited. Does give me so much joy because I like my family has one of these old antique train sets that we would put up every Christmas that had been my dad's when he was little. So, I mean, I hope dad's not listening to hear me call that an antique, but <laughs> it's definitely got the vibe of an old style. And that was one of my favorite things as a little kid was to play with the train set and get it set up. And like we'd go get pick out different cars for it and oh. mess with it. So I just got such the nostalgia hit when they were talking about this train, and I could picture it so perfectly. Even down, they said something about like the smoke pellets, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, we oh. have those too to make the train engine, the steam engine, smoke." And it was just so fun. I don't know. I loved that little side yeah. of it all. Oh, I loved that. And it was a great idea on her part because it got everybody, it attracted people to the shop. You know, she put up lights. They quickly ran down to what I assume is the Dollar Tree because she called Mm -hmm. it like the Pound Tree or something something else. But that's definitely not what it was called. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So Their version of the Dollar 25 store. Exactly. So... Um, they've spruced the shop up. They're starting to get people in. She's doing story time for children where she reads aloud, you know, a Christmas story. And um, Ramsey, one of Mr. McCready's friends, who I think like their country estates used to like, you know, be next to each other. And he, Ramsey, like goes around to all these estate sales and finds these gorgeous like illustrated versions of children's stories and just all these gorgeous books. And then we'll bring them to the shop and they'll buy them and sell them. So I thought that was really cool. And I really wanted to see them because I I bet they're just amazing. And so the adults who would come in and buy stuff for Christmas, they would see that and make them think about their childhoods and, you know, they would, they would buy that. So Carmen is really doing a great job here. Yeah, and I felt like it touches on the magic of independent bookstores and especially used bookstores. Like, I have a soft spot for used bookstores. Yes. Because, one, it's more economical. But, two, I just – I don't know. I just think it's so cool to find really old-timey books or – it's just more special than getting any, like – 20th edition that's been reprinted a million times and has a different cover and is paperback versus like the really old pretty leather bound with the 
the gilded pages and yeah, I don't know. it's just special and it helped lend to the magic of the book and the vibe, I think. And I want to be like, I want to have that guy's job where you just go to estate sales and buy stuff and then like sell it to retailers. That sounds awesome. Yeah, that does. It does. It'd be really cool. But during her time there, um, a, you know, the university is there at, wow. All right. The university is there (laughs) in Edinburgh. And one day a student comes in or who she thinks is a student, you know, he's kind of like this tall, lanky guy. And man bun. He is a man bun. Yeah. That was another detail that, you know, kind of stuck out. Yeah. And he asked about like a specific book about trees. Mr. McCready like comes out right away and they start talking about trees, but she's like, Oh, I'm sorry, we don't carry that, but I can order it for you. And she's, you know, automatically assumes he's a student. He's like, Actually, I'm a lecturer. You know, I have my PhD um, and I'm here as like a guest lecturer and quite believe it. And she kind of has like this chip on her shoulder about students because she didn't go to university and she thinks people at her for it um but she's obviously you know initially attracted to him she before he leaves she asks for his name so that she can of course you know call and track him down for the book and he says i didn't know how to pronounce this i called it oak it's o-k-e I called it Oki. But you but... said Oki, but then other times in the book, it made me think okay. Right. So that's why, <laughs> and this <laughs> but... is just me being a dork. Like, I didn't know the real, but there was the real way or what was intended. And, like, I get how you thought Oak because of, like, the tree connection. But there was times when it was confused with okay. And I'm a dork that I'll say Oki. Okay. As okay. okay. <laughs> I'm like, maybe that's what they meant. Like, we're on the same wavelength. <laughs> so that's why my mind thought, yeah. Okie. But, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okie dokie. I don't know. Yeah. It was weird. I That that did kind of like throw me out of the loop. He's not the typical, like, romance hero that you would think of no he's not like, he's not the tall person. dark and handsome well he is well, I mean, he, but not in the way of like well-dressed and yeah successful and business tycoon and you know whatever he's not your hallmark guy he's like yeah because yeah. doesn't she describe him as like she thought he was homeless or something yes yeah <laughs> that's what it's like that's not the vibe hold on he has a man bun he has like old sweaters on she mentioned like oh you're not really dressed for the weather because it's scotland in winter and he says he's you know from brazil so he wasn't prepared for it um but yeah they kind of it's not your typical first encounter like there's not these like fireworks but it's more like he intrigues her as a person which i think is more realistic yeah i didn't know how to take I liked him. I liked him. He grew <laughs> on me. But I didn't know. But he's know. not like, yeah. He, he's not like the, he doesn't blow you away at any moment. And I think that's like 
I think that yeah, was the it was like a point. slow burn though and he oh, had for sure. definitely the right heart versus yeah. like the other love interest who was a sleazebag yeah so soon after meeting Oak, okay Oki she <laughs> gets a call from this you know publicist essentially asking you know there's this famous author who writes self-help books which is like immediate red flag to me gross absolutely Um, gross (laughs) i also for him just go to therapy you know just go to therapy but yeah i pictured um who was it professor lockhart the yeah he definitely that's the vibe that is who i pictured for this and his yeah and she asked if they could they like saw the bookshop or heard about the bookshop and wanted to use it as like background for like this ad they were doing or a promotion video essentially and so she agrees to let them do it as long as he will do a book signing for like an hour afterwards because they're not paying them to do it which kind of blew my mind but she was like well then you're going to get the crowds here because all the suburban moms of Edinburgh love him apparently because he's attractive and he writes these self-help books. And of course, he's not the charismatic, upbeat, happy person that puts on the world. He comes in there and he's just like, oh my God, why do I have to do this? He's like complaining. He's crabby. He just doesn't look like the person that she knew and his name is Blair um, yeah gross. he has but the thing where it's very obviously a performance like he will turn yeah. it on and he will be that happy upbeat motivational speaker for the crowd and then the minute the crowd is gone he's like angry and demanding and yeah just a, a brat basically yeah I was like he acts like a bratty child yes. um but afterwards, he convinces her to sneak away to lunch with him before his, you know, the rest of his agenda for the day. So they go to lunch at the hotel that he's staying at. It's very fancy. Of course, she's like dazzled by it. You know, you're with this famous person. He seemingly wants to spend time with you. He's treating you to lunch. And of course, she's like, oh my gosh, me, little me, you know, but mm-hmm. it would hard be hard to not be like that in that situation well I think she's it's not as much about her it's about like wait until everyone sees me on this date yeah with him not about oh I can't believe he picked me but it's like wait until everyone who thinks I'm nothing sees me out with this famous person yes exactly that was a big motivator for her yeah because um, she knows that he's, like, a garbage person. She can tell that he is yeah, not. Yeah, she's not, like, she's dazzled, but she's not, like, into him, really. Mm-hmm. So. But there were nuggets. Yeah, they were, like, thought, like, like, is he going to, like, turn around and be a decent person? Like, I know. That's what I, I was waiting to see, like, is he going to be the bad boy, tough exterior, but really he is a good person? Yeah, that's, that's how it's going to go. Yeah, but it didn't it no. didn't go that way. And so they you know, go their separate ways. He has the rest of his schedule, but that night they get the snowstorm that snows him in. 
his whole team, like his agent has gone to London to be with another one of her writers and he's there alone. Um, but there's a cute little moment, you know, while Carmen's, you know, mo- we're focusing mostly on the bookshop, but she's doing her little aunt duties at home when Skylar is out at class and she's starting to form a bond with these kids, which she didn't expect to do. You know, she doesn't really like kids. And she hadn't really been involved in their lives. Like, didn't go to baptisms or their birthday Birthday parties. parties. Yeah, but they're starting to form this bond. Especially with the middle girl, Phoebe, who she sees a lot of herself in. And Pippa, the oldest girl, is a lot like Sophia. Like, everything has to be just so. And she's very good. And Phoebe kind of, you know, rages against the machine, essentially. Um, But... There are cute little moments sprinkled throughout with them as well. Yeah. And there's cute moments. So the snowstorm then lands Blair, you know, in town overnight. And so Carmen invites him over to Sophia's for dinner. And I mean, I said that it wasn't really, she was motivated one by wanting other people to see them together. But also there was a part of her that was like, oh, I want to know what this is going to be like to, you know, what would it be like if I really dated a famous person and blah, blah, blah. So she invites him over kind of with the hopes that, I don't know, there could be something because there were some cute moments with them. He was there could be some hot and cold. Yeah. She was definitely envisioning, you know, flying to LA with him, but yes, I was like, girl, it's going to be more like a one night stand. Um, for sure. Like you do you though, whatever you want. Um, but then the kids end up pulling her away to watch a Christmas movie. And when she comes back, he has been flirting with Skylar the whole time, the yoga nanny. And she's kind of like disgusted by it. Like, oh, I should have known. Like, of course, that's how he is. But she's also like, that Skylar gets him. She gets maybe like the reputation of being with him. Um, but then he I think tries she to, like, sees, steal her away. Yeah, I think she sees Skylar as another person like her, so, like her sister that, you know, everything just comes easily. And, oh, of course, the universe yeah. is working out for the shiny, perfect blonde yoga girl and blah, yeah. blah, blah. So, yeah, it was more of the disappointment of, like, not so much that she was losing him as a person, but him as the status and overall. But he was very like he was still giving her attention i don't know he's kind of playing them both basically oh, he like, definitely played them both like putty yeah it which i think skylar was more invested in it like oh, she yeah. thought that now they were an item and gonna be dating and whatever yeah, she went back to his hotel with him rather than carmen who he asked first which i'm like my gosh mm-hmm. he's such a sleazebag um mm-hmm. But then now that's another point of contention between the two because Skylar and Carmen never got along. Because Skylar's terrible. She, oh my gosh, she was my least favorite. So she was the one. Yeah. Yeah, she's the one. Blair and Skylar, I didn't like, but Skylar, I did like, I could not stand. I didn't like Blair, but I felt like you knew what you were getting with him at face value. And Skylar was more of the like sneaky, catty, 
Yeah. I really love your sweater and then saying, you know, the mean girls. That's the ugliest thing I've ever seen. Versus Blair acted like he was better than everyone from the get-go. Yeah. No matter who you were. And was just trying to get one thing. And you knew it. Yeah. Yeah. I did not like Skylar. I was really waiting. So this was the whole time that this is happening and kind of the crux. Another reason why Carmen's there is because... Sophia's husband is away on business in like Thailand or somewhere or Tokyo. I don't know. Right? Hong Kong. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I knew it was somewhere far away in Asia, but I kept waiting for there to be some reveal of either him having a mistress or him being with Skylar. Because oh, there were really? just some things that felt like Skylar gave me the ick, and I kept thinking. Yeah, I didn't trust that guy for a, a long time. He just wasn't there, so I didn't think about it. I know, but I just thought him. that was – I guess I'm suspicious of, like, who has business trips for this long. Yeah, he was gone for, like, and a month. Kept, I feel like there kept being excuses where he was going to be home, and then, oh, I can't come back. And I'm like, that's a red flag. Yeah. <laughs> but like it didn't was, turn out that way, so it was fine. But He was definitely, like, absent father vibes um but after the whole Blair Skyler incident she still like is like texting Blair and is like well maybe that was a mistake he maybe he doesn't actually like but she takes the kids to the fair in Mm -hmm. Edinburgh which is just like a chaotic Christmas festival but Skyler of course turns her nose up at it because it's sugar and it's loud music la 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 but they have a good time and then she runs into oak okay oaky and <laughs> <laughs> so they meet up skylar takes the kids for like a rehearsal or something for their school concert and then it's just her and oaky and they go to this little like kind of a quieter portion of the fair together and they get like these little wooden toys, which at this point, you know, she's like, Oh, you know, you know, don't you want to like send Christmas presents back? And I think we totally we alluded to the Quaker facts, but never said where it came in. I was um, just about to ask if like did we even get into the Quaker of it all? No, we just like it <clears throat> at the beginning and then we just whoop right over it, which is, you know, par for the course for us. But um <laughs> So, earlier, you found out that Oak Okay Oki is a Quaker, and he doesn't celebrate Christmas, they don't celebrate birthdays, and so when she asks, yes, very minimalist, they try to find the joy in everyday life, which maybe I should do that as well, Um, and so, you know, he was saying, you know, I can't send these presents back because that's against my Quaker values, but she convinces him to send just as it's not Christmas gifts. But then he gets her this little like antique wooden car to use for her train station set, which I thought was very sweet. Mm-hmm. She has this thing like in there's like a house too that they found, but there are toy mites that yes. with the dollhouse. And so she would like dress them up and pose them. And and do 
in the house and <laughs> when you say car. it out loud it sounds really crazy no i was a, no is I'm that why you're insane. laughing because <laughs> yes. i thought it was a little weird um when yeah. i was reading it and i go this fictional lady can find a guy who will buy her an antique wooden car for her fake mice yeah and i can't find anyone well, so. it's that thing too where she talks about like going home and doing crafts to like yeah. make things for the mice for the display yeah and I'm like in the book it. it's cute and it works but if it's real life people think you're that crazy girl sitting when, at home right making at 28 years old making crafts for your dollhouse and they're like no stay away from her I was like when I I was reading this and like, I, if I did that we would be shamed okay we yes. would be the spinster old ladies yes I was I legit was thinking as I was reading this the moment I find a man who buys me a car for my fake mice I will know I found the one <laughs> <laughs> and doesn't say okay I'm gonna go over there right when they support your crazy hobbies that's when you find the one so um then afterwards after they bought you know her mice a car he <laughs> takes her you know they don't both of them you can tell they don't want the night to be over and they could go their separate ways or they could come up and so he comes up with a reason for them to you know spend more time together and he like sneaks her into the church where the choir is practicing for their christmas concert and they're kind of like hidden in the back passageway together listening to this music. And I just thought that was a really cute moment. That was super cute. And then they went... had a lot of really cute moments together. Yeah. Which they I did. loved. But then I also got frustrated because there none was a of them of... would communicate. Yes, yes. There was communication issues and there was a lot of will they, won't they in like scheming, which I know the plot has, you know, that's to further the plot and whatever. And it leads to the cute moments. But I would get so frustrated that they'd have these really cute moments and you're like, oh, this is it. This is when they're going to have the movie moment kiss. Yeah. And then they wouldn't. And then they'd be like. would happen, they'd get like frustrated with each other. Yes, and they wouldn't know she'd be doubting and he'd be doubting instead of just both saying, like, I like you. We like each other, right? And go from there. We're friends, right? Like, she thought he was into the hot chocolate lady at the cafe because he'd seen them together a couple times. And not even in, like, compromising situations. No, like, like, he was just nice to her. (laughs) She obviously had a crush on him. But he was just nice to her, like you said. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they had a lot of cute moments. And the big lead up well, to what I thought was the big lead up was the Christmas party they had at the bookshop. Because it was a tradition for every store along that street to throw a Christmas party. And Mr. McCready never participated And so she finally convinces him to throw a party. So she spends all day, you know, planning and decorating and giving, getting the invitations out. And 
it's this moment of, you know, is Oak going to come? I'm just calling him a different name every time we talk about him. It's fine. <laughs> no one, we, no one knows. Like it, it could be any, it could be none. It could be a completely different it. one. Yeah. And so she's like in the midst of this party. It's a huge success, which I loved. And I wanted to go. I was like a Christmas right? party at a bookshop. Like how amazing is that? And then Blair shows up with Skylar. Skylar's being all possessive, you know, like she dressed the nines to impress him and kind of like look the part for everybody. I don't think she actually liked him. I think she liked the status he gave her as well. Um, I don't know. I couldn't never tell with her because I feel like she was like shallow enough. I don't know. At the end, it gave me vibes that she was like, well, this is better than nothing. But um, I think she's like the saddest of him. But he came in there yeah. and was talking to Carmen when Oak comes in and sees the two of them talking and immediately assumes instead of communicates because that is just what annoys me the most. And yeah, that's what got me. It's like they're making assumptions based on nothing. Yeah. And I don't understand. And I guess I even more think of it of like, I work in ag, which is a very male-dominated field. Like, I I would never just look at someone and be like, oh, I bet they're talking, talking. Like, no, they're probably just having a conversation because he's an author and she works in a bookshop. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's the well, commonality there. Been, well, she had been like dropping these things, like trying to make him jealous of her and Blair. Like she would like make sure that he knew that she was texting him or she would like call him and be like, oh, hi, Blair. When like she would see him and the hot chocolate girl together. So yeah, but I even with that, like she's making how. assumptions about him and the hot chocolate girl and it's like she's know, a barista well, he just has like you have to interact with people of the opposite sex and it doesn't have yourself. to be a thing she dug herself a hole in yeah. that area to where I think she wanted him to think that she was with Blair and she succeeded and then she decided that she didn't like Blair and she liked him and she was up shit's creek with that paddle so yeah. he leaves the party she didn't know that he was ever there and she was disappointed. She tries to go find him, but she can't. You know, this whole Hallmark moment of yes. running to find the guy, but she never does. But then she gets home to find, and this could be completely out of order, but this is what my brain remembers. <laughs> she goes home and finds her sister in the house and her water had just broke. Yeah. And she's trying to call a cab, but there's more snow coming. So, in a chaotic turn of events, Carmen ends up driving her to the hospital with the three children in the back in a snowstorm um, so that she can have her fourth kid. Which, oh my gosh, like, and the her amount husband of stress. makes it back. Her husband does mm-hmm. make it back. Um, yeah. You know, Carmen's bouncing back between the delivery room and watching the kids. And then they find. You know, her sister finally has their fourth baby. The husband finally comes back from Hong Kong and he's not a cheating sleaze bag like Sydney was thinking. Um, he himself. 
Yes, he did redeem himself. And it's all starting to come together. You know, Carmen's really loving her life. She's loving the time at the bookstore. They've really turned it around. Um, At some point, she figured out that it was like a sinking ship. And instead of giving in, she's like, well, you know, like, let's try to make this a long term thing. And once she realized she was really content and where she wanted to be, she, you know, talks to Mr. McCready about making it a long-term thing. Like, how about we don't sell the shop? What if we keep it going and make this, make a go of it, basically? Mm-hmm. So it implies that that is like what they plan to do. And, you know, they're going to talk about it after the holiday. But then she's like, you know, what would have made the party perfect was Oak had been there. And that's when Skylar let slip that, oh, but he was. Like, didn't you know? Which she was she's hiding. a conniving little bitch. She is. She is. Because at the hospital, uh, Carmen found out from Fee, the middle child, who Skylar, I thought, obviously disliked the whole time, and I hated her for it. She found out that she called Phoebe fat on Halloween. Like, you're going to be fat, oh. you, you know, eating all that candy. And she she tells Sophia, she's been trying to, like, convince Sophia to fire her the whole book. But that, the last straw, which is just awful that you can say to anybody. And I was really glad that Sophia went, like, full mama bear. Yes. Because I could have seen it go the other way. Yeah. And so I was glad that she was like, oh, hell no. Yeah, because she always was on the spot. Yeah. yeah. Like, she always took Skylar's word for it and thought the kids were just being kids and telling tales and whatever. So I was glad. And then she kind of pulled Phoebe aside and had this really cute, like, moment yeah. with her and kind of gave yeah. her the attention that seemed to have been lacking. So I was glad that it turned out that way. Yes, me but um, Carmen, you know, finds out through Skyler that Oak had been at the party. He just left. So we get another racing through the snow scene. You know, it's like you can see it play out in a movie. She's trying to find him because he had been thinking he'd been offered an extension on his lecturing, but he didn't know if he was going to take it. He's like, you know, he felt like he should get home to his family in Brazil. Um but he was thinking about extending to see how things went with Carmen, which is ugh, so romantic. But um, yeah, <laughs> she has this whole like run through the city looking for him. She goes to like his office. He's not there. And she like ends up, he's a dendrologist, which we totally glossed over, but he's a tree guy. He, he teaches trees. He's a weird character. He's all around like quirky. The He's Brazil quirky. thing just made me chuckle again because I forgot about that. And like, I feel like we've glossed over this for how much of the <laughs> attention, really there's the so attention that, that we gave in the pre-record to him being a Quaker because, like, like I what? told you before, I was like, I don't even know really what a Quaker is, but my mind can't wrap Brazil and Quaker and together, Quaker. <laughs> like. When we, when we say Quaker, I think Salem Witch Trials era, like, yeah. I mean, Puritan-esque, you know, almost Amish type, and that doesn't fit, which that's, like, my own mental image and probably biases, because apparently there are Quakers in Brazil. Who knew? You, you know, know you that's can just, think. 
missionaries. Okay. Are we thanking them? <laughs> like, <laughs> that seems so... I don't know. It just... Yeah. He's quirky, but it almost felt to me like it was too quirky. Like, I couldn't... He was quirky, but I thought in random ways. Like, if he was just a professor from Brazil, fantastic. But I want... I was, like, what? what is the significance of the Quaker choice? Like, was she trying to be inclusive? Well, I think it's the thing where he's you know, back with the gift thing, like he's trying to get Carmen to enjoy the simple things in life and to make peace with the fact that like, you don't have to have this picture perfect life that your sister has, or just because things aren't working out the way other people want, like you still have a good life because look at all of these small, great moments you have. And I think she does go on that journey and that is through him. So I don't know if that was like, the impetus that she felt like she had to have him be the Quaker to kind of be that like guiding light for her. But it just just, didn't fit for me. It didn't. I would say like that one. Yeah. Especially to like, I don't know. Like I think about things where sometimes I like to do old fashioned things. Like, I don't know, make like can jelly and jam and like make bread and grow, you know, have gardens and do that stuff that can be labeled one way, but that's not how I would like identify. I don't know. You know, like I feel like you can have Quaker values, but not consider yourself a full Quaker. So it was very odd to me that that was such a stickler point. Yeah. Especially with all of the things. That we read, like, (laughs) we were deep in the Quaker Wikipedia page before this. And I was just like, this is kind of unhinged. (laughs) We were deep deep in the religious society. of. Yeah. And so that's what threw me out where I'm like, I can appreciate that you have these Quaker values of like, you know, enjoy the little things and don't be materialistic and whatever like those are all noble things yeah are you a full-blown quaker because we i might have some questions if i'm gonna be in a relationship with you i would have a lot let's i let's go over some bullet points i just quickly thought up but it's yeah it's some it was weird it's an odd choice i yeah pointed out maybe why that makes more sense because i was just like what um, but I see what you mean. I definitely see it's what you mean. Still, like, I love quirky characters, or I can appreciate that, but it almost felt like it was, it was trying too hard to check too many boxes and like, how yeah. quirky can we make it? And I'm like, we got to dial it back, which maybe I'm just like a square, normal person who doesn't, <laughs> who's not super quirky. So I'm like, whatever, but I don't know. It just felt odd but I liked him like he was a good character yeah I liked him you know he was like she it just threw me out of the magic I guess I'll say yeah that way. I can see that and he wasn't like like you said your typical romantic lead like he was the quiet dependable character like he didn't even he wasn't even featured a lot and I think I would have liked him 
I would have liked a little bit more to their story. Um, just because I thought their interactions were cute. Yeah. Well, but... and it gave me, like... Like, he gave me hippie vibes. Yeah. But I feel like that's so different I from just the word Quaker. Chill. chill. Yeah, but I, I mean, like, the word Quaker... You think of the guy on the Quaker Oats box, like <laughs> this stuffy, yeah. old timey. Well, this person, is... and that doesn't relate to like the man bun. We haven't love trees. Haven't seen enough twenty first century Quakers. I guess because I didn't really know that was a thing. So <laughs> <laughs> now I do, and maybe Brazilian Quakers. Maybe that's maybe it's that like the cultural. Yeah, maybe difference. this will be an excuse for us to take a trip to Brazil to educate ourselves and find the Quaker colonies. Find the Quaker colonies of Brazil. <laughs> that sounds like a bad podcast episode <laughs> waiting to happen, <laughs> like a true crime. <laughs> oh man. Oh my gosh. No shame to any Quaker listeners that we have, which I feel like yeah. probably are zero, but probably are zero. Just but based you know on one hashtag away <laughs> from getting all of the Quaker listeners here. So. <laughs> right. And if happen. we have offended you, please message us to educate us. Uh yeah, for real. Please let us know. Like But honestly. We cannot be more offensive than the Book of Mormon is to Mormonism. So, <laughs> and the, the Mormons that laugh standard, about it's that. Fine. So, yes, but yeah, they. She has this big moment. He's not there. She ends up at this famous yew tree, which I kind of want to go to because it's it's like so steeped in history, um, yeah. like Pontius Pilate. And Mary, Queen of Scots. There was a good... Jenny Colgan did a good job of sprinkling in, like, the history and the town things. Because there was this whole little date that they had where they went to this... I don't even know how to describe it. The place where you, like, look down and you can see, like, a weird bird's eye view. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I was like, I want to go to that place. That sounds so cool. I definitely want to do it. And the same with the tree. It's like, who I would have never known about this had I not read this book. And I think she did a really good job of, like, weaving in local. Yeah, it made me, like I said, she did, like, this beautiful, she painted this beautiful picture of Edinburgh, and it makes me want to go even more. And it's already been high on my list, but it's moving up. Because of this book. But they meet at this tree. And that's when, you know, she confesses her feelings for him. And he's like, I was on the airport. But, you know, maybe I could push my flight back. And they they finally have their first kiss in mm-hmm. the tree. And I don't say by the tree. I say in the tree. Because it's a yew tree. Um Yeah. So I thought that was really cute. Like, it was, it was like this cute, dirty, quirky kiss. And then they go yes. back to her sister's house. And she kind of is like, you know, I know you're a Quaker. <laughs> but <laughs> how about you celebrate the holiday season and the joy of life with me and my family? And so then they he very quickly just 
slides right into that family. They're calling him like Uncle Oak, and yeah, I'm like, this is a lot. Like, ooh, that's fast. But um, I need a follow up of how they merge. Too. I'm like this. That's why I was saying, like in our pre-record, I'm like I'm very curious because I feel like the whole Quakerness of it all would require a lot of communication about how they're related. Yeah, like I feel like it's sometimes different enough. Like if you're a Catholic versus a non-Catholic, like things can be so different. So. And that's still on kind of the same side versus like Quaker is kind of yeah there on like a whole other yeah lifestyle mindset and I feel like that's hard to reconcile. Yeah, my college RA was Catholic, and Mm -hmm. her boy her college boyfriend was Baptist, and they broke up over religion because they could not reconcile like how they would want to raise their children so I can only imagine how yeah it wasn't super religious but I did think that because like towards the end of the book like the epilogue it's talking about you know their little Christmas dinner scene with the new baby and all the kids getting along and Uncle Oak being there and she there's like this little quippy part where she's like She's going to have to figure out how to tell the children she might have sleepovers at Uncle Oak's house soon. And I immediately thought, I was like, can Quakers do that? Yes. Like, that's that's where it threw me out because I feel like they it made such a big deal about him being a Quaker. But then there's things like that that I'm like, is that what they do? Because I feel like they wouldn't. <laughs> I know, but at that point, just be like, I'm just a dude that kind of has Quaker tendencies. Like, yes. or make it a thing where oh, I, I started learning about these and I, I kind of like some of their principles. So I'm trying to adapt that into my own life. Not, He's a oh, I'm a, Quaker. yeah, born and bred Quaker. And I don't know. But, but 21st century Quakers can have sleepovers with the opposite sex. <laughs> because the Wikipedia made it sound like marriage was a very strange thing. Yeah. <laughs> in the Quaker community. There was a lot of... Uh, weird language yeah it's fascinating if you take anything away from this episode please read the quaker wikipedia page (laughs) when you have time to really like it's really it is it's a deep like even for a wikipedia page it's broken out into multiple sections yeah and like i I said like i get your docuseries now Oh, I'm. Sh- they have. To I've be already watched there. the Mormon ones, and whoa! But I want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to watch the Quaker docu series now. That'll I don't be know like if I do because it it stresses me out. Like <laughs> just hearing that they refer to themselves as friends. Friends. Like, I don't know. That just yeah. gets me. Gives me yeah. comrade vibes. I don't like it. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. But after our thirty-minute Quaker tirade. The book ends like very happily, you yeah. know. She's and I think very realistically, you know, that she's healed that relationship with her sister, and they're just having this happy Christmas dinner as a family with the kids. She has a plan for the future, you know. It's not set in stone, but she mm-hmm. has a plan to stay on at the bookshop. And I think she talked about renting one of Mister McCready's rooms from him because she she asked about that and. 
So it just leaves me like very content. Or it left me very content. And you know, I think it was the like, like even with the Quaker sidebar and like <laughs> sometimes <laughs> the weirdness of it, I still think it was my favorite of the holiday ones. Because I think it gave the best, at least for me personally, of like giving the best cozy holiday read. It did that I, I want I, that I want out of something like that. Like that's why I read these books is to get the warm fuzzies, right? And feel all good. And this one gave me, which really I guess the Royal Holiday was the only other Christmas one. So between yeah, those two, I like this one had the better is, vibe. I like. Finish it and I was like, that's what I was wanting. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. That's like the holiday magic that I needed. It hits you with the nostalgia and you know, I think it helps that we're similar age to Carmen and we've talked yeah. before in some of the other books about like when you get to that point when things, you know, life maybe isn't turning out like you expected or like you wanted and grappling with that. So I think that that also added a layer to it too where we could like identify with yeah. her more easily than we could with some of the others but yeah i will say like carmen um oh my gosh nikki and holly jolly diwali th- they were both very relatable and i appreciate the kind of hallmark or rom-com trope but with relatable characters Yes. And I love well, and, and even I like Sophia the triangle. Even Sophia. Yes, yeah. I, because yeah, Sophia, you know, is presented to this person that has it all, but then there's still moments where she's raining and raving about her life or like frustrated with things and she and Carmen are bonding. Like I think those are some of my favorite moments when the two sisters were just bonding together. Yeah. And I don't know. I felt like like that's what you want out of an older sister. Or that's what I wish that I had out of an older sister. Like someone to just sit down and talk about boys with and rant and rave about different things. So I like that they got to connect. Yes. Hello. Oh, that was a very long pause. Oh, I was waiting for you to go on. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Maddie. That's good. So, yeah. <laughs> A very cozy little Christmas book that mm-hmm. I want to read more of her books now, but now I'm inspired to go find another cozy little book yes. to read by my tree because Christmas is getting very, very close and it's crazy. 12 days. <sighs> oh today. my God, please don't say that. <laughs> It'll be, oh my gosh, it'll be five days from the day of the release of this episode that's wild wow i'm not am i panicking panicking now no i'm fine (laughs) yeah i'm not ready i mean i feel like just think of it this way the closer to Christmas we get, the closer to our Midland marks that we get. Because I will oh, be home yeah. for Christmas. Oh, I cannot wait. And we will get to get those jumbo frozen lime margaritas. Yes. At Midlands. And I'm so excited. I am so ready for it. That will be 
delightful. It's yeah. been a while. Has it been a year since you've been home, right? Yes. I haven't been home since last Christmas, That's which wild. is wild. Very wild to me. So I'm excited. I'm excited to come home. I'm excited for Midland Marks. And yes. I'm excited for our last episode of the year because, which is wild to say, but yeah. it's, we're doing a, a little bit different. We're kind of doing like a year recap and more of not a Q&A style. Like a get to know you type. Yeah, and a literary like a stuff. thoughts and opinions thing. Type yeah, thing. I've been like, thinking of questions. It is a Q and A. It's questions that we're gonna ask each other. I don't know if you know this, but this is what we're doing. Um, so it's questions <laughs> that we're gonna ask. Each we other. talked about this in like one sentence in a text message. I'm like, yeah, that sounds good. And then I have not thought about it since. Until I have I'm a like, list. Huh, of I wonder if we should uh, like plan this a little bit. Yeah, so I'm, glad you, I'm glad you're you have the ball. I'll control. send you what I have. I'll just be sitting here reading and I'll think of a question. Kind of like a year. I would call it a year in review. What did yeah. we read this year? What are our thoughts about it? What are our thoughts on books and all this? What are our thoughts on Quakers? You never know what's going to come up. <laughs> yes, it could. It could go anywhere. It could. That's the and life. That's part. why maybe maybe there a requirement of like two glasses of wine minimum so that yes gets it can be the true lit experience we exactly. talk about life while we get lit while we get lit tis the damn yes. season am i right <laughs> yes <laughs> so that's what store for you next week and i'm very excited about it <laughs> yeah that'll be a fun one i'm truly looking forward to it um but yeah, that's our conclusion. I feel like it was so short on holiday reads, but keep an eye on our Instagram page. I have other recommendations for Christmassy type reads. Sydney, I'm sure you do. And yes. just, yeah, keep an eye on Instagram for some more content because we did not even begin to cover all the Christmas content on our three short episodes in December so far. Yes. And you can find us on Instagram at Life and Lit Pod. You can send us an email at lifeandlitpod at gmail.com. And of course, please give us a rating and a review wherever you listen, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor. And be sure to subscribe so that your the episodes will download straight to your devices. That really helps us get our name out there and reach more people. So give us a good any review i won't even censor it you can leave us a bad review too i think that'd be funny <laughs> leave us a bad review and we'll talk about you in the next episode yes absolutely and we will shout you out so just just be aware but yes thank you all for listening and until next time happy reading happy reading mm-hmm.